influencers, let's get booge. Listen to Abe Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's Abe Thompson. Uh, oh fuck right okay <laughs> we're actually uh, we're actually streaming now uh good evening to silence peter uh and anyone else that's just jumping on the uh on the youtube live stream uh ladies and gents welcome to episode 192 of aid thompson and other disappointments your twice weekly cannonball dive bomb into the swimming pool of politics news dystopia and all things shit I am your host, Aid Thompson. Uh, if you're feeling a bit too upbeat, a bit too optimistic about the state of the world, state of the country, uh, I am here to level out that chemical imbalance with my joy that I spread unto the world. Uh, joining me tonight, um, quite excited. Um, I said to my producer earlier in the week, uh, I said, can we get someone political? Can we get someone who's across their brief, uh, compassionate, you know, an, an all round good egg? And uh, look, guys, I, I don't know what to tell you, but unfortunately, at the last minute, George Osborne had to pull out. Um, really disappointing stuff. <laughs> if only he had pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thankfully, our good friend, activist and satirical warrior, Super Tansky, has agreed to step in. Woo! Uh, Super Tansky. Hello. hello. I love the way you kind of create a vibe there. You're like, wow! Well, do you know, it's a hark back to the old, uh, old stand up days. Like, you welcome someone on stage. And you sort of uh, say their name and then like, woo, clap for them. them up. Yeah, you try to sort of amp, amp them up a bit, get the crowd G'd up. Give them a bit of, yeah. Bit of oomph. Um, how are you? How's your week been? <laughs> yeah, it's been all right. It's been ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. <laughs> but yeah, I've been okay. It's bloody hot today, though. Isn't it? Like I was... Sorry, George Osborne on, in his, <laughs> on his wedding day. Yeah. I... Good luck tomorrow, George. You're going to fucking need it, mate. All the best, bud. <laughs> All the best. Many. I was about to say many happy returns. That's something you say on a birthday, isn't it? Uh, what well, do you he's say not going to have many happy returns, I don't think, you know. Probably um, not. Um, what can we say about this without getting sued? Right. I'm going to say, I'm not going to talk about George Osborne. I'm going to tell you about a different person entirely altogether. Oh, a friend I'm... of mine called John. <laughs> <laughs> John Jones. Does that say? Does that? Did that even sound half convincing? Probably not. John. I you were going to say like. John is a real person, and George uh, <laughs> John John Johnson uh, it, it John was John. due to be married, also just by coincidence, and uh, it transpired that uh, John had perhaps not been entirely faithful to his fiance and his previous wife. And uh, some of the sexual partners involved may or may not have been allegedly <laughs> su suggested it may have been somewhere in some conversation, but there also involved. Yeah, yeah but, but also challenged. Time. Maybe it was challenged a bit by someone. Yes. Um, yeah. it, it may have been playfully suggested that some of these sexual partners may have been below the age of 18. So that's John. Um, but just coming back to George Osborne, he's, yeah, I, I think he's due to get married, isn't he? He's... Yeah, yeah, tomorrow, wedding bells in the morning. And um, yeah, I think his entire congregation have got a very interesting bit of reading prior. 
um again i'm just like you're 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 like really like the most thin veiled cover-up in the world there and i'm just like yeah so everyone got sent an email and he's fucked. but um i don't understand he, Co- cover up i i'm just telling you about my friend john um but no he's um i mean you wouldn't think it from old gid would you old gideon you no know? he's always seemed so nice yeah affable you know absolutely affable. and to Can see him and ed balls are starting a podcast right I know. Did you know that? Yeah, I saw it earlier in the week. Did you see the whole, like, everyone doing the whole, <laughs> firstly, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the fucking, Ed Balls is going to have to holly it. I don't think just writing his own name, like a Pokemon online, is going to cover up for this absolute shit show. It no. really isn't. No. And it's, it's like, a, I, I was half kind of looking forward to listening to that podcast because it feels very much in the same vein as Rest is Politics. And I quite like the idea of people from across the political divide actually sitting down and having a reasonable conversation with one another and finding some common ground. Or, or what is it they say? Disagreeing agreeably. Yeah, it's OK for people that are like super rich and unaffected to do that, though, isn't it? Like XMPs that have still got like loads of bank. But I think it's a bit harder for that to happen amongst the people that are kind of bearing the real consequences of it like but i see where you're coming from yeah. it shows that people can play nice but i just think it's a bit easier for the type of men that have been doing it to play nice because they're fine i mean aren't they let's yeah. face it they're yeah. okay it's easier to at least feign civility when your children aren't fucking starving and there's no threat of you losing your family right. home or whatever right yeah um, that's exactly where i'm coming from yeah um it's yeah but at the same time it would have kind of been interesting, but then I think them two, they, they were on um, Andrew Neil together, weren't they? And that's probably where they got the idea because they were both kind of Andrew Neil's frequent kind of two guests that he would turn to and they would always massively disagree. So mm. I'm just annoyed that Ed would do it with him, really, because I've, you know, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Ed Balls. <laughs> Your dad's balls. <laughs> um, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's sort of... I sometimes think when they're in like post-parliamentary mode, there's a tendency to, uh, yeah, to, to see them as more likable, to give them a bit of a pass. And I think that's especially true of George Osborne, even though he's, you know, he's seen as the architect or like the face of uh, austerity, rightly so. Yeah. And that's got that huge fucking death toll around it. So he's sort of seen as this bringer of death, but still like, even if it's possible to rehabilitate someone after that sort of, horrible political career he's at least sort of made inroads there where it's like you know he was editor of the evening standard and he's done what what the fuck else has he done this is what they do i mean he was like a banker wasn't he yeah so i I said this the other day in my video like they they get to these kind of privileged people they get to play at being a certain thing play at being a banker play at being a journalist play at being an mp uh, the problem is with playing at being a journalist and playing at being an MP is you've got, you know, your A, it's your it's a trusted information source. Yeah. And with the country, if you fuck that up, people die, you know, um, and they just feel like they're born to to just be to rule over us or inform us or do what, you know, they just feel like they're entitled to have those positions. And if they weren't kind of privileged and this was just some guy that was like a reality TV star, he would be condemned but because it's a lad who went to a posh school it's not seen as detestable this kind of behavior when it is kind of it's worse than eastenders well i think it's it's also it's easier for them to rehabilitate because somebody like george osborne has been through the mill (laughs) 
dealing with newspaper editors, political editors, uh, and has edited the evening set. Like I'm sure his contact book spreads far and wide. So even after a mm. let's say hypothetically a negative story <laughs> came out about him, uh, it would be possible for him to re present himself back to popular culture in a way that I'm not saying I could ever be in a position where I would forgive him for the policies that he rolled out. But I think a lot of people who are not quite the news junkies that maybe some of us are, I think mm. if they were just exposed to sort of this positive news story and that sort of like payback gushy article, like if you get enough pro Osborne articles in the mail the express if he plays into this idea that he's a bit of a lothario however disgusting that might be like with whatever details may or may not come out at some point uh, they get away with it though yeah. this is the problem i mean this 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 is they have the con it's just like johnson and his stranglehold on the press <clears throat> the contacts that he has the, the 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 weight that he has the sway that he has to cover up a story here you know either you know there must be lots of people i don't know how they or why they are in favors or why they're still backing him um did you see the, did you see or, or hear about the interview that johnson did on that geopolitics podcast that i can't remember the name of this week uh he like, no he came out of hiding and did this, I say came out of hiding, I mean, you know, he's obviously still everywhere doing Twitter stuff and his mail column or whatever, but he agreed to be interviewed on this one podcast. I've probably got the name of it here. Hold on. Um, uh, and the idea was, the reason that they got the interview with him was because they said it's a, a geopolitics show uh, and we will ask you about Ukraine. And obviously he loves talking about that because it makes him look great. We will ask <laughs> you about our changing relationship with the US and and blah 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 and then as yeah. the, the clock ran out they had 30 minutes with him or, or thereabouts and as the clock was just running out in the last five minutes the lady of the man and lady team uh starts grilling him about like you know would you have done anything differently in your parliamentary term do you regret not taking advice from people who told you who warned you like not to try and get chris pincher off or not to try to disband the standards wow. like, and she really like and his reaction to that his conduct in that interview is really fucking revealing it's like he did he turn yeah like he he like i mean he didn't like he, he wasn't angry and vitriolic but he it was a measured turn though wasn't it where he snored at her. He did like a snoring joke. He was like, oh, come on. Like he was, he, you know, trying to show her that she was bored. He kept looking at the male presenter. She's asking him questions, grilling him. He keeps looking over at the guy as though like, oh, come on. Like, can you put her back in her butt? Like it was really fucking revealing. Yeah, of course. This is the real Johnson. You know, this is the real jo The last, the only thing I've, I mean, that I need to catch up on that. But it, I try to avoid him because I'm just trying to treat him as an irrelevance now. But the last thing I saw of him, which I was going to tweet, like just the first expletives that came into my head, was just him ranting like a twat in the back of a black cab about fucking Ulez. Yeah. Uh, that's the last thing that I saw. And I just thought, what a fucking prick. Like, I just, I just, I just didn't have any emotion left to expend on that arsehole. Like, I've just mm. had it with him. He just keeps popping up. And the only reason he pops up and tries to stay relevant is just, again, for self-gain. It's what, whatever he can get out of it, whatever money he can, like, swindle out of it. Ugh. It just amazes me that he, anyone sort of uses his input as any kind of currency because <laughs> when he's in the back of a cab recording a video railing against you, Les, 
you sit there and you think, well, hang on a second. Like, this is this is a fucking measure that's being put in for like as, as a modest uh, implementation to fight against the climate crisis. That's what that is there for. And, and you, you yeah. pretend to be this sort of, you know, green, progressive, metropolitan conservative when it fucking suits. But when it fucking suits you, yeah. That's the one thing that he kind of sticks to is like, you know, he is supposedly an environmentalist. But even with when it comes to the ULES shit, it's like, oh, well, I can put that shit on hold because this is what's advantageous for me in this particular moment at this time, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly it. That's the, well, it's the same with Brexit, wasn't it? Let's face it. Um, mm. it was exactly, is that loud? Is, can you hear that noise in the background that's, that's here? Just to double check. I know we're going live, but... I, I can hear something slightly annoying. Wait, hold on. Yes. Oh, there it is again. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> Uh, no, my my landlord's back from Egypt and he's playing his um, uh, violin. Oh, lovely cultural! <laughs> so it sounds, got... like sounds like I'm talking in code, doesn't fuck, it? Fuck all my the landlord. low bit low low budget like broadcast from your shed stuff. This week, guys, we got a sound bed. We've got like music underneath us. Yeah, I did. I did let him know that I would still be going, but you know. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, um, I, I I can't hear it. It's not sure. distraction. It's fine. Okay. Um, I, I feel like sort of okay. So the Boris Johnson anti ulez stuff is here. I feel like uh, the George Osborne story that may not even kind of be a story. I mean, we'll we'll see what that what? turns into. <laughs> With that, what? that's over here. Also, some other big shit happened this week, though. So two big court cases for the Tories both just imploded for them. The first one was Suella Braverman's. Uh, look, I want to. My dream is I want to take people off to the desperate, most desperate people that arrive in our country on our shores. I just want to ship them off to Rwanda. That's my fucking dream. That goes up to the high court, gets fucking thrown out. So that was great. My response to that on Twitter was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the next day, I think it was, uh, Rishi Sunak lost his challenge to. Like he didn't want to hand over his uh, WhatsApp messages or he didn't want his WhatsApp messages revealed as part of the COVID inquiry. Uh, and then he lost out, which um, yielded a very similar response of. Um... <laughs> so it's been a good week. Um... Yeah, I mean, they, but they never they knew it wouldn't go through. They knew no. that it was always they knew that it was un illegal. They knew that it was unworkable. They knew that it was fucking immoral. Um, they were just doing it in a desperate attempt to, you know, rouge their cheeks for National Front voters. They were just trying to scoop up and prey on those voters who will vote for anything that justifies their bigotry. You know, it wasn't ever, ever going to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And it's not just that. The thing that people should be really angry about beyond the fact that it's really immoral and they're, you know, what they're planning to do to kids is really immoral. Yeah, they should just... Take a look at how much it's costing them to yeah. fuck up this badly. The amount that they're spending on hotels because they won't process the backlog. The amount that it's costing or would cost per refugee to even send them there. Mm. Um, this is the thing that baffles me, man. Is it, It's like it makes no emotional or moral sense. It makes no financial sense. It makes no sense in terms of like our labour shortage. I know that sounds kind of callous, like bring in these desperate people and just get them working in this. But we do have a labour shortage. So any way of bolstering immigration would, would be a, a plus for us. It makes no sense on any fucking metric that you look at it across. But you're right. It's like we're, we're going for the National Front voter. We're going for the Brexit on steroids 
uh, British Legion voter. But here's here's a weird question for you. If we know that by and large, Britain actually holds pretty progressive attitudes, we know that that kind of voter and those sensibilities are hugely in the minority. Why the fuck are they still going after that voter when every year more and more because they tend to be older more and more of them die so it's a, a smaller and smaller like not even a majority like why are they still going after that that is a voter or an electorate that doesn't really exist you know um I, it's hard to tell isn't it i mean maybe they're inheriting a little bit of what's going on in america and they've seen that that kind of culture warry kind of red meaty um you know immigrants are an invasiony rhetoric has kind of persevered and continued but the thing is we're not america yeah. and we're not americans and that isn't that isn't how the, the vast majority of british people as you say think um i don't know i just think they've just gone too far down a path now um where they just can't turn back and sunak is just impossibly weak as a leader he's not he's not whipping into shape any of them he's just letting i described it as him losing control of the cunt farm <laughs> lost control of the <laughs> they are just running amok you've got fucking lee anderson going like legging it over there like they're just he just will not take any affirmative action yeah he's flimsy and he hides away from pmqs even though when he is there he's like sneery and passive aggressive and just just dripping with privilege you can just see it dripping off him um but he's not yeah he's not doing himself any favors by you know standing away but he he's just lost it he's lost control so they're just running amok now and they're mm. forming their own splinter groups it's gone lord of the flies yeah. um or as burble sing <laughs> lord of the lord of the rings um oh yeah she yeah <laughs> she was a big name obviously in in the news this week also so this is the uh the the, the country's strictest or the country's yeah. harshest headmistress or whatever oh, densest headmistress yeah yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I don't take anything, like, maybe it's possible to be a great head teacher and have the, like, pragmatism skills, strategic know-how to run a good school and get good results. Maybe that's possible to have concurrently as to be actually politically kind of stupid, you know? Like, maybe they're not, you don't... You well, don't she doesn't have to be so public about it, though, does she, about her, like, political leanings and, and also, like... If you're going to keep, if you're going to, you, she's built a big platform now. You've got a weight of responsibility. Yeah. I mean, people will come for you. I've, I'm at the point on Twitter where I've lost all fucks. Um, I've been so trolled to an inch of my life and so horrifically smeared on there that now I have no fear or, or concern. I'm just like, just fucking free. I'm raw dogging Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking, I don't care. Um, but she has um, a reputation to uphold and uh, or should have one and when you're finding yourself in you know being featured on gb news you have picked a team yeah you, you know, you're regularly appearing um or agreeing with like you know thick dangerous right-wing pundits mm. then you've got to take your you've got to take your backlash love but yeah. she, she that thing where she did she mixed up lord of the flies and lord of the rings was objectively hilarious yeah um, clearly not an english teacher maybe she rose up the ranks with like i don't know what she was teaching before she became head teacher but i don't know what her i don't know what her game is but yeah she did get quite a lot of backlash for sharing um a picture which was like really bad of i i immediately fun. feel 
terrible. Like, I hope I didn't put too much emphasis on, like, English teacher. Like, she's not an English, you know. I don't mean any racial, like, undertones to that. I don't think I ever had an English teacher that I didn't fancy. They were quite hot English teachers normally, yeah. Yeah. Did I fancy my English teacher? I did a bit, yeah. Can't remember her name now, actually. I had a weird thing for history teachers, man. I don't know what it is. I think it's a sapiosexual in me, you know. Like I think me. it's like if you have a certain kind of brain, if you're like analytical, if you like yeah. language, then English teachers and history teachers are incredibly engaging. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like I don't have a mathematical or like a sort of I'm not really into physics or RE. Yeah. Um, RE? Yeah. Physics RE. <laughs> RE doesn't have a lot of maths in it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like these are subjects I wasn't really into. But then like with the subject, you like you just lose that engagement. And maybe there's something in that with like fancying the teachers or something i don't know oh no for me it's purely that i'm just it's the intelligence thing i think the knowledge and the knowledge do you think teachers um, do they judge each other like does the does the history and english teachers do they think the pe teachers are a bit thick do you reckon i think so yeah yeah definitely like you've got the playground social hierarchy (laughs) and then like if you sort of like (laughs) sort of scale it up to the teachers as well but i think what the pe teachers what they you know bully the re teacher Everyone wants to shag the PE teacher, don't they? So I think they make up for it in their in their shagability, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to teach you. You're asking me. Yeah. I don't know how we got onto that. <laughs> what do you think about that, sis? Anyway, how have we wandered into this mad tangent? No, no idea. Uh, what else has happened this week? Uh, so we've had the, the two court cases, Rishi yes. and Suella, the two Sues. Um, two and what else? Uh, Thames Water almost went bankrupt. I'm not really sure what's happened with that. That seems to have gone very quiet. Yeah. Uh, but essentially the nuts and bolts of it are, as you would always expect, with a sort of monopoly privatisation story. Uh, it used to be a used to be a public utility. A government, I don't know if it was New Labour or the Tories. Uh, the Tories. Was it? Shocker. Um, then privatised it, presumably sold it off to their mates. Uh, it's then, of water. A utility makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then over the course of like 15, 20 years, these now privatised public utilities that people are forced to use, there's no competition, so it is a monopoly. So much like a train line, your first Great Western or your Virgin Rail or, or whatever, uh, they have people over a barrel. And so they continue to raise uh, bills and they take out huge loans and they pay their shareholders and dividends. And then gradually these companies accumulate so much debt that they envelope. And then guess what? Like we as the public then have to step in and bail them out. So it's like we've paid for to build the fucking company, made nothing when it was sold off. Now we have to pay to fucking save the thing. And we still don't get to own it because the shareholders will all get paid off. So, yeah, so that's this lovely. You know, this is how this is how it works, you know, and if you think the rail companies or any other privatised industry is different, think again. The difference is with the others, you don't end up getting shit in your rivers and your seas to the point where, like, we're literally just an island surrounded by pure shit now, our mm. own shit, uh, because they price in the cost of the fines if they even get the fines, mm. uh, which are not unlimited. They're capped. Unlike the fines that you can get for protesting now, which are uncapped. Wow. So, yeah, so you you could probably, you could, in theory, um, be have to pay more for, you know, protesting than um, a water company. What if my um, protest 
was pouring shit into I knew what you were gonna say. Boris Johnson's moat. Yeah, that's your that's your dream, your obsession, and your sexual kink, isn't it? It is now, yeah, for the last yeah. year or so. Um, I would say fucking do it, but then I would anyway, wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that is yeah that is just um, it's I mean, nuts, just doesn't it? Like yeah, it, it tells you everything that you need to know about the prioritization uh, and the protection that conservative government put in place so you have millionaires billionaires in control of this public utility who can behave in any way that they really want they can dump shit in your river in your local lake out in the sea make it unsafe for your kids to swim in the same harbor that you used to go swimming in that's all fine maybe like 20 grand fine 30 grand fine but you go out and exercise your democratic right to protest and it's yeah as you say unlimited like how much is your house worth 300 grand we're gonna make this 301 grand just just so you're <laughs> fucked that's that's who we are that's what we do yeah it's I mean, nutty it's, uh, did you see the thing this week about the supermarkets who like the price of petrol came down they didn't lower the yeah. prices of it and made tens of millions of pounds of profit out of people who think that the supermarkets are the cheapest right yeah do you know what the fine was for it no. Thirty thousand pounds. Fuck me <laughs> with a broom. What the fuck? I know. It's, it's, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry, right? Why? I just, I just I just get so angry that people take it. That's the thing that pisses me off. It's like, oh, you're inciting riots. Yeah, you fuck well, if if only, if only I could incite a riot, I would. Because that's they deserve, you know, they just deserve to be burned down at this point. Like <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. But I'm just I've just had it. Like, how are not how are people not more angry about this? Or just how are they just taking it and then lapping up all the bullshit that they Oh, it's because they control the information source, isn't it? Like they've they've got they've got the newspapers, they've got the news. I they think, say what's you know printed. Yeah, reported. there's a lot of that. They they hold a very tight grip around the information flow. Um, right wing press dominates. Yeah, the uh, like the newsstands and so on. Um, but I don't think it's as dominant as it was like 10 years ago even like they, obviously whenever we talk about newspaper headlines on twitter or whatever people are like well who even buys newspapers anymore but and uh, although like there's some pushback to that in the like along the lines of uh that you know breakfast shows take their cues from the newspapers so there is still that influence there but i also think the influence is beginning to peter out a little bit and i think the, the polling at the moment is kind of evidence of that it's like all of the right-wing papers and all of the shows that take their cues from the right-wing papers are still hammering labor over being funded by the same guy who funds just stop oil they call well, that's them... not technically true no, like... no i know but this is my yeah. point it's like they can funnel out these misinformation little talking points and hot takes but it hasn't actually moved the dial like it's not changing anything which tells me or uh. suggests that these guys don't have as much of a grip on it maybe as they used to. I don't know. I just think a lot of people have woken up post-Johnson. Um, yeah, oh, that was a really horrible phrase, wasn't it? It's like a lot of people have woken up post-Johnson. Like, Can you imagine? Um, oh, oh, God. A lot of people have, though. Yeah, yes. unfortunately. Many, many women 
have woken Dude, up Boris Johnson. I don't understand how he does it, honestly. It's like I don't get it either. I don't like have we I don't like, know if we talked about this before about whether it's like a prestige or like power thing or Oh, it's probably like a charm thing. Like a lot a lot of women are suckers for a charmer. I know like I could be easily won over by a charmer sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. or a comedian. Or <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah. um, right, let's move on. Um What was the other shit that happened this week? Um oh right, so there's two other stories I wanted to get your thoughts on. Um there's a big launch earlier in the, this week. I think it's Monday or Tuesday. Uh, for this new new variant, we'll call them, of Tories. And they're, they're calling themselves, they've branded themselves, the New Conservatives. <laughs> Not like those stuffy old ones, guys. I mean, they harbour a lot of the same attitudes and sensibilities, but no, these are new Conservatives, new and improved. <laughs> Why are they trying? I know. Honestly, if, you, so if you were rebranding... If you were rebranding from like the Tories, the stuffy, plummy, Etonian, silver spoon cunt, private school Tories, if you were rebranding from that, would you include in your corporate rebrand Jonathan Gullis? <laughs> Honestly, that guy, he's just, he even looks thick. Yes. I mean, this is, this is, this is the thing, he looks as thick as he is. And the, the problem, like I spoke about this in my video about these guys, they'll, they're not like the Johnsons or the Rees Moggs. They're low level. They were a, a skull for Johnson to, to tread on to get to where he wanted to go and get his ball over the line. Yeah. They won in a year when a barely sentient fucking goldfish would, with a blue rosette would have won because of Brexit. And then they came from pretty low level, you know, in society, um, in terms of pay, jobs, like teacher, you know, blue collar jobs. I believe Gullis was an RE teacher. Let's just... <laughs> I can't believe these people were letting their children, right? And and then they they kind of like, they now they think they're like the tits because they're MPs. They're going to get turfed out again. And they're either trying to appeal to like the GB News talk TV sect with just outrageous nonsense in a hope that they'll get like a you know talk tv show or something like that but they're never they're not going to be like johnson is now and i think that what they're failing to realize is the longer that they support or stand by their association with him the more they are shitting in their own hands mm. but but still they go um and i'm watching it like with great fast especially brendan clark smith um oh, hi brendan yeah yeah, forgotten about that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a bit of news, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and yeah, like Gullis, uh, Brendan Clark Smith tried to hit back at me over that whole Samaritans thing by posting pictures of of, of some of my finest work against Gullis. Yeah. Uh, the I called him like a. Um, I said he had the energy of a small town gack dealer. Yeah. Um, and I was like. I, I, that's still up. I tweeted that. Do you think that that's not my thoughts on Jonathan Gullis? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're showcasing what I think. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, these people, they're, they're just desperately clutching at any straw they can. It's kind um, of, kind of tragic, isn't it? Because it's like, yeah, I, I agree with what you were alluding to a minute ago. I think they've surfed in on this Brexit wave and I think they've mistaken their i don't know grace and favor or whatever it is that they're like all the benefits the trimmings that come with that 
sometimes ministerial role, other times just still backbenchers. But that Westminster presence, that sort of being asked questions for TV, um, contributing to GBN, all of that stuff. I think they've misinterpreted that as, oh, this is my life now. People see me as a, as a Tory who's worth listening to and, and all that shit. And I think you're right. I think once it gets to the 2024 election and these people are turfed out, I think they're going to find out really brutally how not valued they are at all like they they're kind of big mouthed uh new conservative gb news types who are okay to go and get a vox pop from or a little hot take but ultimately once they're out it's like yeah okay bye well don't, don't you want me to work for your think tank or your lobbying firm no 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 i checked with the boss he said go fuck yourself like like that's it's gonna be that brutal it will. It'd be like, oh, uh, what school did you go to? Oh, that comprehensive. Oh, right, no. no. Yeah. And then they'll get some Oxbridge twat because that's how it fucking works. So they're going to find themselves probably going from earning the most they've ever earned in their life to being at the bottom of the fucking scrap heap. And as I said, I'm going to laugh my tits off because it's no better than they deserve. I mean, they've been right front and centre when it comes to supporting the most hideous policies mm. that this government have implemented or tried to implement so any you know residual sympathy is gone so i'm going to make it my personal mission like mission with a few of them and now the mercers are on that list of um you know targeting their constituency and working with their opposition so um yeah oh, oh yeah, the, the mercer going mental was a thing this week <laughs> let's talk about this shall we so can oh, you, I, I normally do like give people a little bit of context, but perhaps you can uh, can paint the picture for us this time. So what happened? Felicity Cornelius Minge, which is Johnny Mercer's wife, decided to write like a hit piece against Carol Vorderman mm. in, I think it was the Tory graph, I'm certain it was, um, saying that she was an attack dog that encourages people to hate the Tories, right? <laughs> so um, I get a little notif from the Vorders, and I'm like, what the fuck? And, uh, you know, just dive in because, you know, you come for Carol, you come for all of us. Like, it's it's personal. Carol's a, you, you do not touch a hair on her head. <laughs> She's lovely. Um, and, yeah, so I just kind of got involved. And then Johnny fucking Mercer and his wife were like, um, like wish versions of Christine and Neil Hamilton. Like, just desperate, weird, like, really public fighting with the public and Carol Vorderman, like on Twitter, like mm. just airing every bit of dirty laundry in public. Um, yeah, and it's 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 not just offensive and jealous, I think, on the part of Felicity, but also demonstrably inaccurate. Like the polls have been against the Tories for ages before Vordy even got on board mm. um, or was like, you know, really coming for it i think the thing that like, everyone's got their little thing that kind of radicalized them in a, in a good way against the government um i think for people like hugh grant it was phone hacking for um i think vordy it's the corruption of it mm. um she's she's noted the corruption of it she's got a huge platform i think it's very similar for gary lineker too with mm. gary i think it was a lot to do with the um from what i can see from from their output the the treatment of refugees and the treatment of the vulnerable um and the corruption of the the ppe and etc so yeah um so she was basically accusing carol of single-handedly causing people to hate tories when the tories do a really good job of that themselves so it's this bollocks. is yeah it, it's it's such an obvious sort of attempt to 
obfuscating or misrepresenting because it's like here you have Carol Vorderman who like I've never spoken to her I, I don't I don't need to defend her but it seems like uh, objectively what she's doing is highlighting corruption it started with the Michelle Moan uh, story mm. that's when she first Carol Vorderman first did entered my sort of political periphery in terms of yeah, like speaking up and so on it, incidentally if you want to buy a get money t-shirt they're right here guys um uh but yeah so she started speaking up exposing that asking questions appearing on daytime tv uh mm. raising awareness i guess for want of a better phrase um and for that the thanks for that that she gets is being told that she's inciting hatred or inciting was it hatred or violence? I can't remember. It was it, no. It, it, she, she referred to it as an attack dog that is inciting hatred towards right. Tories. Right? And it's like, well, and if all letters pants and shit, like on yeah. Top of. But like, if all she's doing is saying what the Tories are doing, well, the Tories have a, a, an opportunity there, don't they? They can either clarify exactly what it is that's happening. They can dismiss yeah. whatever claim it is that people are making with evidence, facts, times, dates, faces, receipts, <laughs> or they can fucking keep banging on about small boats and sending people yeah. off to Rwanda and ignore it and hope it goes away. And then it doesn't go away. And then we continue. Like, so it's, I don't know what my point is here really is. It's like, it's no, not I get where you're coming from. Hatred. They can contest it. Mm. If, if they think it's wrong, they can contest it properly. But the thing is they're doing it. It's like, it's proper stand by your man vibes that I'm getting for some reason from her. I mean, she's been mouthy before about, um, when little Johnny wasn't made a minister under the lettuces reign, you know? Yeah. And um, she was like putting out four letter rants about it. Look, I, I've got, I don't judge on the swear front, but you'd have thought that a minister's wife probably wouldn't behave like that on Twitter. But you know, if she wants to swear, she can, it just would be helpful if she was swearing and not talking absolute bollocks, frankly. And then her husband went on question time last night was behaving very erratically especially at the beginning of it i don't know why just talking a load of absolute nonsense it reminded me of the time that my mate brought an estate agent to the party that we were, we were having like an after party and they brought their colleague that was like an estate agent and he was just trying to talk about fucking graphs and figures and like nonsense except it was worse and he's supposed to be a minister and he was talking over all the women on the panel just consistently talking over them deciding what the uh, discussion points were being really arrogant he had an absolute mare and then a thing came out in the express that apparently he was ranting constantly about carol vorderman in the green room angrily mm. um or question time and then he went on and he's like oh i've got a bit of flack online this week uh doesn't really bother me though doesn't bother me doesn't bother me don't yeah. cry about it doesn't bother me but yeah he's just so they're like people like mercer I think he was one of the guys that people always thought was one of the more moderate or... I did. Yeah, this is what I was going to say in, in a minute, but you, you finish first. No, but you're right. Like, this is... this is I, I, That's exactly what I was leading to because a lot of people thought that. And what's the other one? Elwood. Um, Tobias Elwood. And there's yeah. a third one as well. They're all like ex-army guys and they have all spoken out Benjamin Wallace, but not benjamin like benjamin wallace was like they was useless over the i can't uh, remember the guy's name like so tobias elwood is he sat on the select committee and then the other guy went for the leadership last time i can't remember his fucking name now um but tobias elwood and this other guy uh were they're like pro single market you know let's let's re-establish our links that to me makes sense they were very critical of the boris johnson administration that made sense uh, Mercer described the Johnson administration or that time in the Conservative Party 
as like he went on record and said this to a journalist he was like it's like working no it's like being on the shittest football team or something like that he said like him though didn't he yeah well yeah you won't ever change that from the inside like ever yeah i mean there's a case to be made or, or there's a conversation to be had about and i perhaps i'm a little bit too understanding of this but like when people go into politics to affect change to improve things in their local constituency i think once they get swallowed up into whatever party it is that they represent i think they're just a fucking slave to the system and no matter what their intentions are or were i think at that point the fate is sealed like johnny mercer can disagree all he likes with like boris johnson or tobias elwood or whoever else can disagree with whoever's in number 10 but ultimately, it's number 10 that, or CCHQ that are signing the checks for their campaign next time or deciding if they get deselected and are unemployed or not. So they're well, all is, over a fucking barrel. Just to some extent, yeah. But then there's also the kind of like the the moral aspect of it. I get I get that, that side of it. But Johnny Mercer, the things that he was saying was kind of the things that he, because there was that comment that, he claimed was misconstrued about food banks, about it being a personal choice for people to run yeah, food yeah, banks. Yeah. And then he tried to make the claim that he's always stood up for veterans and stood up for, oh, really, mate, your voting record shows that you consistently voted against helping people um, that are on like low incomes receive more support. It shows there. And you, yeah, you can say, oh, I was whipped to do it. You still fucking did it. Didn't take a stand, did you? So he's, he's just, a, a, I just think that, you know, in terms of his, you know, morals not aligning with the nonsense that comes out of his mouth, that he's just another bullshitter, frankly. Tobias yeah. Elwood, I don't know anymore. Um, I mean, he's quite agreed with his comments on the EU, obviously, as a as a Remainer. But why have you left it until now? Um, and another one, Robert Jenrick, right? Um, he's spoken out about um, Brexit a few times too. And the administration itself still decided that it would be a great idea to take down welcome murals for immigrant children in, in play centres, though. Yeah. Like, it's like you are scum. Um, just stop pretending that you're anything other than, you know, massively benefiting from this system that you're a part of. You can't sit there and claim that you're sticking up for, for, for people and, and perpetuate this nonsense. It's mm. just demonstrably disingenuous and it's an insult to our intelligence and no one was fucking buying it in that question time audience no one was um and it's always majority tory because it was like a tory landslide last time apparently that's how they justify doing it mm. but the people who got the biggest claps were actually dale um dale vince the environmentalist and bridget phillipson yeah um then they had that creepy uh woman I can't remember what her name is now, who did some kind of weird performance about how the NHS doesn't have to be free at the point of use and like promoting like an American style healthcare system. And it was really creepy and weird yeah. and rehearsed. Um, that was another thing this week, wasn't it? The NHS turning and uh, Jenrick's uh, creepy, disgusting. Um, what was it? The, the asylum seeker murals the welcome the, the yeah, disney yeah. murals ripping them down it's just so weird and mean-spirited isn't it it's like what would it take to just like even if you personally didn't want them up there 
just fucking leave that like it's not worth the bad press how this is going to be painted to make no pun intended like how how you're going to be <laughs> painted and interpreted for having told people to paint over that shit and this the line that came out of it where it was like he says that it's we're being too welcoming it's like these are fucking children man don't you have children like <laughs> it's fucking it's I don't have children and there's no way in a million years that nothing, nothing could make, no amount of money could make it so I would make sure that a little kid was, you know, made to feel like shit. No, nothing yeah. that would, because I've got like an ounce of morality. I don't know what the fuck was going through his head. It just, it just smacks of that whole kind of like uh, Theresa May era hostile environment spin. Yeah. It's that thing in it it's um but again it goes back to this whole like who is who is this for like who do you think you're repeating are you expecting an uptick in the polls from doing this shit really no one wants this you're and what i'm so sick of is an unelected um you know i know you don't directly you don't elect a prime minister but there's a national consensus to support a party with a with a figurehead right sunak trust neither of which was chosen democratically by the majority like by the country it didn't go to the polls mm. so and we're then we're having these tough fucks telling us what's important to us as people are losing their homes as people 14 million people at least are living in poverty as school fucking roofs are falling in yeah yeah as as nhs workers are having to work in like field hospital conditions how fucking dare they tell us what the agenda is and what's important to us small boats all most people want just safe fucking routes and there were safe routes until 2011 what changed then Mm. yeah the tourists came in didn't they we should have had we should have had my darling golden brown texture like sun and would have been fine yeah cheated my gordon was he's such an unsung hero isn't he it's like i think I love him. It, it's been this has been said quite a lot recently in in you know different outlets different talking heads and so on but uh it's similar to that period of gordon brown and labor where people were just bored of the exist like the status quo the existing government time for a change let these other guys have a go and it's kind of like that now you know it's like doesn't matter what they do or what mean-spirited initiative they sign off on next or how many boats they say they're going to turn away and send back to France or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, all of it is moot because people are just fucking bored and they can They've feel they can feel their purse strings getting tighter. Like, I, could, I'm not, I haven't even fully remortgaged yet and I'm already noticing I'm £200 a month worse off. I'm like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't be this broke this early in the month. What the fuck's going on? And I'm on an okay salary so i don't know how the fuck people are like it doesn't surprise me at all that on a question time audience which as you've mentioned is normally a stacked deck in favor of the tories that even in that environment that fluffy cuddly environment for tories that still people in that audience are just like nah add enough you know no yeah they've had it i mean it's it's a kind of it's a little um snapshot it's obviously not a consensus it's not a kind of broader consensus but it's a snapshot Mm. but i'm just so worried like i fear the most the thing i fear the most is a kind of kinnock moment Mm. because i think i strongly agree with our our uh, our very own mega mind josh russell when he says it's time to be progressive it's time to be bold it's time to give a vision and i've said this directly to labor mps that inspires the country that's a bit of hope Mm. um stop fucking like 
playing i mean to some extent i know they've got no choice but to counter what the tories are saying they mm. have to they're the opposition they will be asked to comment on this stuff and they're not as free i think as people like the greens or the lib dems to be a little bit more progressive or bold they're bound by a stacked deck in terms of the press mm. and also yeah like it's it's really tricky so i'm just so hoping they get the ball over the line i'll do all i can you know to help them get the ball over the line i'm sure every one will like um that's involved or listening and is involved in activism or politics will if they're if they don't let's say want like five more years of full fash um <laughs> but it's um it's worrying it's like it, it doesn't feel like a done deal by any stretch um and it's not that far off, is it? I mean, at the most, it's we're looking at we're in the dying year and a bit, aren't we? Of yeah, they're going to have to announce it soon, like as in this is when it's going to be, not like it's going to be in you know next month. But yeah, I think weeks, yeah. we'll have a clear idea. I think my hunch is like, aren't they normally kind of like May, May the fourth, May the sixth, somewhere around? They are there? if the if if the generally if the toys are optimistic, yes. Ah, um, I see. I mean, but generally, if they, if I think, because it depends, um, because Johnson, I'll never forget that night. Um, Johnson came to power in like December. It was a really grim time. It was literally months before COVID. And it was a really like dark, wintry day. Right. That I went to that polling station. I remember it really clearly. And it was um, Corbyn v. Johnson, wasn't it? Um, yeah, celebrity yeah. She never wanted to see. And I'll never forget seeing the landslide come up. And I was like, that's it. We're fucked. And that was before, that was before COVID. But that was, yeah, that was in the winter. Um, but I think, I, I don't know why that was held in the winter. Um, and then remember. one, wasn't it something about like, did they, they've reached the end of the parliamentary term or like fixed term or something? I, I honestly can't remember. Oh, it could have, yeah. I, I can't remember now. I can't remember the conditions. Oh, wait, hold on. Um, We've got some got some q and a's that have popped in oh, have we? Oh, hello. We do some, we'll do a quick fire q a because we're running very slightly short on time so let's uh let's blast through these uh so bearded wonder says uh, what do you guys think of labor's i i don't know this word oracy policy oracy oh, yeah yeah it's keir starmer's policy about um like kind of encouraging kids to be better or, or orators orators like oh, right. um Speaking. speak more clearly yeah, yeah. and decisively and confidently I, i'm all for it i think it's great um especially in an age where a lot of stuff's done virtually um and it builds confidence and it's a, a solid communication skill so i think yeah i think he's he's spot on with that because i think that would help get us a little bit more towards a meritocracy because it's only seen as the people that can you know posh it speaking well is associated only with posh people isn't it it doesn't mean yeah. having a cut from us accent it just means expressing yourself yeah but, and like just to, I guess, I like I haven't read his policy or seen any presentation around that. But just in terms of like com skills, um, like that's been my fucking like ace card, like my whole life. Like if if I've gone for this job or that job or like, I'm always praised on like on how I communicate. Like being a good communicator, it's such a fucking valuable skill to have. That if there's unless any... you're Glastonbury AA, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm, unless I'm fucking two days into some sort of horrid hangover come down fest. I mean, that, that festival I really is. It. It's so I again. Saw it. I saw it. I, <laughs> I, 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 I went through some shit a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. 
<laughs> like I was saying to Tan, I was like, I'm really sorry. Like I felt feel like I was shit company. I feel like I left my personality at home. But um yeah. I saved his lot. Like he say he helped me out though, I did, man. And a few times I, you know, put a hat over his face to stop the, the sun from burning him as he passed out outside <laughs> the tent. <laughs> yeah. Literally just sprawled out, saved your phone from melting. Yeah, oh yes, uh, you did. Thank you. It was so close, man. So close. I could it it hurt to touch it. Yeah. It was so hot. I tried to but, turn it um, on afterwards and it was just like no. Fuck off. <laughs> like, leave me alone. I'm hot. Um, anyway, this is fanned into us being yeah. like those twats that are still talking about the um the, the set at Glastonbury like two weeks later. Glastonbury, yeah. A month after it's happened. Did I tell you guys about Glass? Anyway, let's do let's do another question. Um so what do you think about Sajid Javid's uh, comments about MP's pay? So I'm going to take this one super quick and then I'll hand it over to you. I think there is actually room for conversation on this. And I know it's not going to be a popular thing if you just go out to people in the street and go, do you think MPs should have a 100% pay rise? Obviously, everyone's going to say no. However, the context around it is like if they weren't so desperate to take money from donors and to have billionaires come in and donate, you know, 30 grand, which actually to buy democracy is not that much money 30 grand to run their office oh yeah i'll take that check off you now what is it that you want in exchange for that if they couldn't be bought so easily they i think democracy would be in a better position what, what do you think they get they get given money to run their office that's what a lot of bulk of their expenses are i think that their pay should be if anything like massively reduced and i think they should be allowed to take second jobs and then we'll see who's really there to fucking serve people um so yeah i think that it should be you should take away the ability for them to lobby for dodgy donors mm. for their best interests and not our best interests and you should um halve their pay at least so they're on um, a national average for at least their first few terms so you can see prove it prove your fucking worth as a as a public servant mm. and then and then you know, if you do well, like anyone else does, fair enough. You can work your way up. If you get to a minister, to be a minister, you get a bit more. And again, I think the same should apply to the PM's job. I think their expenses should be purely work focused. Uh, there should be no subsidised bars. How can it be that they can, in uh, strangers, like order really fancy foods and drinks and, and such for like a, a pittance whilst nurses are having to spend six quid on a sandwich mm. in a hospital? So, yeah, that's my view on it. And it's pretty authoritarian. It's like pay them a shitload less. And uh, then we'll see who's really there to do a decent job. Is there you know? not, do, do you sort of recognise, accept or, or whatever, like the argument that if you were Super Tansky head of Colchester Council and you're doing a great job, you've managed Thanks to... Me, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing a great job and you've whipped that council into shape. Everything's going great. All the public services, everyone's celebrating you. And you're on because like the head of the council is like, I don't know, 100 grand, 110 grand a year. Um, then someone goes, you should fucking be an MP because you're really good at this. You've got the relationships. You'd represent the constituency really well. You'd be an <clears> MP. <throat> and then you go, yeah, how much does it pay? You're on 110 and you've got a mortgage. You've got family maybe. Uh it's a pay cut down to 40k like we would then lose you as a candidate and you'd be great at that so is it not is it not no, I don't, there no 
no, I don't know. I still stand by what I say. And also I don't think people that run council should be paid so much either. And the same applies to people that are kind of cashing in from like universities. And I think it's a massive racket aid. And, mm. um, you know, this is where my, my fucking red flag comes out. No, I've, I've, you know, good in the good sense, in the socialist sense, not in the, um, you know, um, I'm a massive red flag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think that, yeah. And, and also I think that the way that we can, get the change that we need in terms of funding public services so everyone's looked after is by taxing the richest until they fucking scream personally um so yeah that's that's my uh party political broadcast um i, I see where you're coming from but i don't i'm not with you on it yeah I'm not with you on it but I, I do get your argument and i don't think it's invalid i think it's like from my perspective i, I just think if I mean, really, where I'm coming from is like understanding and begrudgingly accepting that life is incredibly expensive. So if you had a family house in this area and your mortgage was this amount, plus you needed to pay for childcare, plus food is this much and petrol and all the rest of it, then you would like if you were on a high earner salary, you we would lose you as a candidate because there's no way that you could afford to take that pay cut by like 50 percent 40 percent again that that comes back to the argument where i think that like counts people that run councils etc are, are cashing in at the very head are, are cashing in loads mm. people that would work as a councillor for labor locally or whatever like they're on barely any money they're yeah, on nothing. yeah they're on pittance for what they do a lot of it's voluntary work mm. um you know opposition or not councillors are not paid much in terms of working for the council the people that are paid the most there are the people right at the very top that you never see that are just taking the paycheck that don't really do anything yeah um, so again I, I don't um nah well the other I, the other thing is like and, and i suppose <clears throat> like the foundational problem here is how expensive life is like childcare shouldn't be that expensive a no. house shouldn't be that expensive if it like no, and yeah and, if these things were reduced to a manageable level, then you wouldn't need to pay this person that much to attract them into this role yeah. to, yeah. And, uh, and and the reason it is expensive is because, well, it, it's just designed that way. I mean, that was another thing that came out about Rishi Sunak, um, wasn't it, about his wife. If you signed up with six of the named, um, one of the six named childcare agencies on the government website, you would get a double bonus. Yeah. Turned out one of, you know, one of those is run by Johnson's wife. Uh, um, sorry, yeah. wife, Ash Carter Murphy. So it's <clears throat> they're just they're not you know not even trying to hide you know the corruption anymore. Do you know but what's in- gross about that? It's like whenever he gets hauled over the coals or something like that, he's like it was about six months ago. Somebody was lambasting her for something or other, and he just goes like just you know i'm a politician i'm fair game but you leave my wife alone. like it's, <laughs> like everyone's being misogynistic for like appraising his wife's tax status when he was the fucking chancellor and now he's the prime minister it's just like can we just have a, an honest conversation about what you and your wife are and the rules and regulations and expectations of the public that you are betraying can we just have that conversation without this becoming some weird misrepresentation oh you leave my wife alone it was spin hello mate have you ever heard of sherry blair like it's like get a fucking grip she you are in a position of ultimate responsibility for the country your wife is a non-dom who is richer than royalty you've got four fucking houses and a swimming pool (laughs) 
you've got you you know it's 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 like fucking old matey and his horses um was it uh what one was i can't remember which tory mp um oh nadim oh, zahawi we love uh twat yeah he was using taxpayers money to heat his horses stables yeah i mean this is where this is the level of country you get to when you give them unlimited funds public funds to do what the fuck they want with they will take the piss they're public school boys they don't understand sharing they're posh you know yeah <laughs> it's just, they're rich they don't understand and they'll never understand what it's like to live like us ever so no fuck off if you want to be there public school boy then you you earn what you know the national average is to do that at first prove your fucking worth and then if you don't fuck it up we'll give you a pay rise i think that's fair and also tax the the, the really rich people because we can yeah. make so much money out of taxing big corporations uh, like energy companies and the richest people in this in this country they don't because they're their mates so mm. Yeah. Fucking had it with a lot of them, honestly. Just fucking chuck them in the Thames, all of them. Fuck them all to Jupiter. Um, Make them finger your dad. <laughs> and on that note, uh, I just want to say a quick <laughs> no, thanks no, to... No, no. <laughs> I just want to say a quick thanks to uh, all of my uh, Patreon backers. Once again, a doff of the cap to each of you for continuing your support of the show. Uh, uh, big shouts to Bowman, Christy, David V, uh, Mojo Bowman. Sabian. Bowman, yeah. Uh, what's up, Bo? Um, we met you, Bo. Peter Del Monte, who was in the chat earlier. Pingu. Peter Del Monte. Stuart. That's a name. Don't laugh at my Patreons. Um, I'm not laughing. I'm not. I didn't mean that in a bad way. Oh, good. Okay, they're my cults, man. I'll protect these guys oh, till no, I die. I mean, like, I mean, that's a brilliant name. Yeah, like, Peter Del Monte. Yeah, it's pretty good. Should we find out if it's is Peter? If you're still on the live chat, tell if it's tell us if it's your real name because that's pretty cool. Tell um, me if you say yes. Peter Del Monte. Um, sorry, where was I? Right. So, Pingu, uh, Stuart, T Rex, Aaron, Alex, Jeff, Ned, Sarah and silent uh thank you so so much for your continued uh, support guys um to the rest of you thank you so much for listening um go and follow supertansky if you're not already i'm sure you are um i'm doing a live show a live version of this podcast with a bit of stand-up maybe even a bit of rap music i haven't decided on that yet uh that's coming up on the 28th of september in I'll london yeah tan's gonna be there uh john left of the countryside otto english um, I love Ashley Hayden's going to be there doing a set. Uh, it's going to be a good time, man. It's at the Book Club in Shoreditch, 28th of September. Make sure you get yourself a ticket. I'll put a link in the description of this episode. Oh, I have my ticket. I endorse this event. Come Boom. to come. It's got the tan seal of approval. Um, uh, I was trying to think of a way I could tie this into a sort of Glastonbury joke there of shows and stuff. Anyway, uh, me and Tan are also doing a live show. Me, Tan and Danny fucking Price. Uh, that's coming up on the 10th of November, Friday the 10th of November. So make sure you grab a ticket to that also. You can get tickets for any of these things at funk-27.co.uk slash shows. Um, that's it from me. Thank you to all of you who jumped on the live stream. Uh, I'll be back on Wednesday for the solo one. And until next time, keep it strictly booge, strictly influencer. We're out this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>